This is New Japan superstar Clark Connors, the wild rhino himself, and you're listening to Wrestle Hi everyone and welcome to Wrestling's All Elite Podcast, where we're all in on AEW. I'm Alex, one of Ale's co-hosts, and joining me today is MX Sharp. Hello. Uh-oh. They've left us alone again. Yeah, but it is quite late in the UK, so... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try and at least aim for brevity. Yeah, yeah, we'll do our best. We'll do our best. Are we going to give our audience a little peek behind the curtain about uh, what we've done with this with this podcast app? <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, we recorded the pod, uh, like a preview for Revolution, a couple of days before it was. Forgetting what the timelines were for when it, when the podcasts are released. <laughs> 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 so. Um, we also had to record that twice because the recording fucked up. So we had to then um, record it again. So double the effort for zero reward. Yeah, yeah. We, um, <laughs> yeah, this episode has been cursed. <laughs> I, I think, did you, like, one of us must have gotten cursed by Dan Hazen somehow. <laughs> like, that's what's going on with this episode. It can't have been me. I've been nothing but nice to Dan Hazen. I love Dan Hazen. I love Dan Hazen too. Dan Hazen, why did you curse us? I don't understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully we can add a little bit of what we recorded because we didn't just talk about um, Revolution Preview. So hopefully we can add in a little bit of that um, so it doesn't all go to waste. But today we wanted to, you know, get together, give our impressions on, on the pay-per-view. I thought it was excellent um, for the most part. Um, I don't know, a little bit like a passing of the torch pay-per-view, almost. Where, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, like, Starks won. Um, Mox uh, rehabilitated the fuck out of Paige. Oh, um, we'll talk the about Elite that. passed the championships over to House of Black. You know? good, um, Jack point. Perry beat Cage. Wardlow beat Joe. Like, um, Hater beat Paige and Ruby, like it all felt like. Um, said this after the last pay per view, but I kind of hope it is true this time. It felt like a refresh. Yeah, like a, a a return to sort of the principles that made people like AEW so much to begin with. Yeah, like this, yeah. we're we're fully behind the young people that are here. We are going to use the our established stars to elevate everyone else. Yeah, yeah. They started this pay-per-view cycle off like so so good with that. You know, I think after full gear we were um we were pretty optimistic, but then something happened uh with the booking and I don't really know what it was. Um It's really weird, right? Like, it was really weird. It was really weird. I was trying to think about this earlier on, so I was kind of like looking at the stories that we had through in the throughout the build up, and I was like trying to like put it in line with like the hero's journey and stuff like that. Basically, we only got like the cliff notes for the hero's journey for most of these things. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really weird. Like, I was just trying. The only one that we can really say that actually got like this sort of full journey was Brian Danielson. You know, like. He didn't really want to challenge MDF, but he had to because he like tried to he destroyed William Regal. Um mm-hmm. and then like 
had to overcome another like I think MJF's like sixth gauntlet. Um, there was which was the ordeal, you know, like um, and then after like he was broken down after that, and he after overcoming the ordeal, but managed to come back after MGF tried to break his arm and everything, which was the resurrection. And then he had, then he nearly had his win at the at the pay-per-view. Maybe Mox and Paige kind of filled that sort of thing. Yeah, that's what uh, I was, that's what I was going to say. I do think Mox versus Paige was like pretty strong as a build. I would say me. it was the best build. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I think for me, it rested almost entirely on the considerable charisma of <laughs> both of both of these wrestlers, right? There was not a lot of meat on the bones, I think, for this feud. I think there is something there. And I do want to talk about that a little bit more because I do think that uh, particularly during a match, there was a lot that happened and a lot of potential to explore character wise, but it just like, it just seemed like so much of just like a pure brute force charisma build rather than like an interesting character story build. And I'm not complaining about that because they did their job because they made me care what the outcome was. Yes. 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 Like that has been that's something that's actually been missing from AEW for actually quite a long time. Yeah. Um, and it, they've been given like I can't say limited, but like relative to MJF and Danielson, they have been given limited time to build that rivalry. And because of their, like you know, you said your their charisma, they have actually managed to put together what felt like the best built match on the card. Yeah, yeah, but they I I didn't get the feeling that they were like given much support to do it. Like it felt very much like they were chucked straight into the deep deep end and told, "Okay, make it work." And they did. Um and I think that's fully on them. Uh yes. and uh and yeah, and then and then I think you know, um this MJF Danielson feud had quite a lot of time i don't i don't think it was great like because it like it we've seen this movie five times now yeah you know i didn't enjoy it right i think i think i've spent i've spent several uh, episodes i've been very critical of mjf um sometimes fairly i think and sometimes maybe not so fairly um in our previously lost recorded episode i expressed my doubts on how well he would be able to you know carry the 60 minute match and it, it sounds like he he you know people are really responding well to it it um, was absolutely fucking excellent i mean i've like my issues with mjf have never been in the ring like i mm-hmm. I've, I've said even in their our lost footage <laughs> that he always rises to who he's in the ring with and actually like in retrospect you know he elevates other people to better matches like jungle boy and uh darby allen like he is very confident in the ring but i didn't 
know how well he was going to go for 60 minutes. Like I knew that Danielson would be excellent. And it was just whether MGF had the, I guess like the experience because he doesn't fucking wrestle very often, but also like, and as a consequence of that, like the understanding of what needs to happen as the match kind of drags and he needs to respond to like a, a waning crowd. But he did like Danielson was not carrying him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, far from it. So good on him, uh, yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, the build to this, it was like, uh, I, I wasn't happy with it. <laughs> um, it was just think, TM personified, wasn't it? It was just the same fucking thing we've seen five times before. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. And it was also very, I ain't reading all that, um, but I'm happy for you, or sorry that happened. Like, that was kind of my overwhelming emotion about the build to that match, but sounds like the match was really good. So it was, it was, um, it was a really well-paced match. They kind of had three different matches in one. Um, like the first match was, or the first third of the match was what I would say was a pretty standard, like good AW match that ended really well and then mgf did something that actually i fucking love and i wondered why no one has ever done this in a um <laughs> in one of these matches before so he was down one no and then he hit danielson with a low blow to uh-huh. put him up to uh to, to put danielson up two nil through disqualification but he got two pins from it to bring himself level uh-huh like, i was like I've never really seen any of that done before in Iron Man matches. And that was like, that was a nice kind of. Yeah, it's really clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really clever. And I think that's kind of how the match went. It was like this constant stream of expectations being subverted. Like, I didn't, I kind of expected a, you know, like almost um, the transposition of a two out of three falls formula put onto the match, but it didn't flow that way at all. Like it still Mm -hmm. had the pattern of a few different matches where the the beginning of the match was like chain wrestling and broke down eventually into Danielson winning. And then the next one kind of suited MGF a bit more because he was like dominating and telling a good heel versus babyface story. And then the final match was uh danielson get bringing it back to three all and very nearly winning at the end uh, it was just yes. um for six for a 60 minute match that you knew had to be 60 minutes so it was actually paced really well like it wasn't you know, i don't know you, when you watch new japan and you get the 50 minute matches they're always paced excellently but they're never definitely set out to be 60 minutes but this right, one yeah. ha- this one had a challenge and they more than exceeded it was I think it'll be high on people's lists of matches of the year. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, like it's like boss phases, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> into the into the final form. I really liked the finish of that match. Um, it just like I I just like I like moments of like setup and payoff, and the way like that we set up like that oxygen tank thing. Like first of all, so yes. dramatic, like so over dramatic perfect perfect for mjf and then to like have it there i don't know like i i like a good setup we knew we knew that mjf had had to do a little a little cheater cheater pumpkin eater but like the fact i think i think it wasn't just that mjf cheated there at the end um 
I could really feel his desperation. Yeah. Like, I could feel how, like, ragged and desperate and scared he was. And I could, like, feel how much of, like, his sense of self was tied up in, in, in having this belt right like it's not just about winning the championship i think it's like if he loses it like he's like he's been talking so much shit and he's been talking such a big game and like i think he really doesn't know who he is or what he will do now if he doesn't have this championship and i could feel like this sort of existential crisis coming from him you know what i mean yeah no definitely Um, yeah he was that he was absolutely desperate at the end of the match like he didn't beat danielson he was going to lose yeah he and you could you could feel him feeling it which i thought was like extremely extremely impressive to like get that across like so viscerally i felt like that's always something that he's been really good at in the ring is telling a story through his facial expressions but also Mm -hmm. like um coupling it with his actions like he's always been really really good at that but i would quite like to see him more in the ring and you know talking less see that's the thing that's the thing right like it's hard for me to respect a performer who like isn't out there like like doing it you know what i mean like i understand like you know if you want to you know preserve your body if you want to have like a style where you can have like more longevity or something like that like I do get that and maybe this is just like you know maybe this is like just me being an asshole but like the people who are out there doing it throwing down showing how good they are like those are just the people that i'm more interested in those are the people i feel more connected to and i get that yeah like the people like we care about the product and we gravitate towards the people that also show they care Um, yeah and being an active part of the product is actually like I don't want to say like the bare minimum because it's actually like really taxing. We've seen what happened to Kenny Omega when he gave everything. Yeah, exactly. And like, I never want anybody to feel like they have to do what Kenny did. Like, I don't even want Kenny to have felt. Yeah, nobody should ever have done that. Like he made like he made good art. Like we can't we can't deny that he made really good art. But like, I don't I don't want people to do that. Right. Oh, we went through enough of that when um, we had one company who didn't give a fuck about the health of their staff. Like, exactly. we don't want, like, I am grateful for what Omega did, but I never want him or anyone else to do what he did again. Yeah, yeah. But then also, you know, when, I'm sorry, I'm bringing it back to GCW again, when Ali Catch has two matches in the UK, gets on a plane, comes in and does a main event in a cage match that was, like, absolutely ruinously good. Like, that's more impressive to me. <laughs> like, yeah. I am, I have more, like, I have more respect for that. You know what I mean? And, like, oh, I, I don't it. know. I like, mean, MJF's being smart, like, 
there, I think there's very little chance that his body's going to be be up like a lot of wrestlers. So, I'm, like, that's nice. Yeah. But um, it would be nice if he was an active champion as opposed to yeah what he is just now. Maybe, maybe I would feel differently if uh, he was a better character to be spending all this TV time with. Um, but if he had a character, huh? If he had a character, yeah. If he had a character, you know. But like, he doesn't, and he's not. But uh, he certainly did bring it. Um, but he I, certainly yeah, did bring it I don't match. want to actually be too negative on MJF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a fucking match that was. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, he certainly like he certainly proved me wrong because like I was skeptical. Um, I will admit it. Um, I was skeptical, and like maybe that's just my bias, right? But like he pulled it out, and like an excellent match is an excellent match, dude. Like congratulations. I mean, yeah, also fair. Because even if you're not skeptical of MGF as a wrestler, 60-minute Ironman match is like known to be a test of your ability because of what, it ta- what it requ- you need to retain an, an audience's attention when they know that they are going to be paying attention to this for 60 minutes. Yeah. And when you yeah. have been there for four and a half hours or you know, you've been sat in front of your TV for four and a half hours or whatever, that's a, that's a tough ask. It's a tough ask. It's a tough ask. It's so weird because, like, I'm a person who will absolutely watch a 60 minute match. But, yeah. like, if, like, if you were, like, going out to, like, have a 60 minute match just to, just to have a 60 minute match, like, I'm going in there, like, with extreme squinty eyes. Like, like, you're going to have to do a lot to win me over because I think sometimes people do 60 minute matches. And there's like a lot of time wasting spots, you know what I mean? And like the pacing yeah. is not like super good. And it's better to be walked into a sixty minute match than know that it's going to be one. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. This is kind of like picking up a game and and looking at how long to beat and going, oh, fuck me, that's eighty hours. But then uh-huh. you know you go and play eighty hours into a twenty hour game, so it's kind of yeah. like, yeah, yeah. But. So you know. I think um, that I don't know. I think this was match of the night. I don't like. I really loved Mox and Page's match. It's Mox and Page for me. It's Mox and Page for me. Like I respect that. I do respect yeah. that. Um, but um, it is Mox was, and Page for me. There was one thing that took me out. Like, firstly, this was an, a fantastic match. It's probably one of like. I don't know. I don't hate these matches at all. I actually really like um, these sort of hardcore bloodbath matches occasionally, uh-huh. but they're generally never my favorite match on the card. But this, if though if the main event wasn't on the card, this would have been it. But there was a moment that took me absolutely out of it, and it was when Paige kicked out of the curb stomp on the brick. Yeah. And I was like, that's the Fonz jumping over the shark level bullshit. Uh, I don't know. It didn't strike me. I I can't explain it. I was just like, that was, I don't know. We've had this conversation before. We um, accept quite a lot of things for the suspension of disbelief. And for whatever reason, that just took me out of the match. Yeah. It took me a couple of minutes to recover from it. Like by the time, and by that point, it got to kind of like the actual main finish. Um, And it was on top of an, uh, like it came at the end of an absolute brutal belt at the beatdown as well from from Mox 
and I get why you what they were doing, you know, like it was showing pages actually this fucking tough, but then uh, carb stomp on top of the brick. I was just like, right there, there goes my glass. My glass has been broken now. Yeah, it it extremely did not have that effect on me like at all. Like to me, especially paired with like the finish. Like I think I think the finish, um, of uh, like first of all, I think the finish was perfect, and I I, I have to like have a whole rant about the finish itself. But it like I, it just like I just think that like the way that they escalated, um, up to the finish was just like really good, and it really made sense to me. And like I like I don't know like I can I have a high tolerance for fa- like fantastical elements in wrestling, and I I guess I just like slotted that one into that, you know. I think that's the the yeah like I have that hard barrier with it. I think like I prefer my gimmicks to be grounded in realism, which is why every time Statlander came on screen for ages, I was just like, oh fuck off. Right. Uh, right. Y- um and by the way i love starlander i want no, her to be, I know to, be uh, <laughs> to be jade but like when she was full-on in that alien gimmick like i couldn't fast forward quick enough see and i i just like i just like am not like i'm completely the opposite right yeah. is like for me when i'm watching wrestling it's anime rules um like yeah. Like we're like we're doing an anime tournament. Like this is Yu Yu Hakusho Dark Tournament. Like that's what it is to me. Um, yeah, that's absolutely fair. And I fucking love anime as well. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, you know, and I, I just wonder if it's that's just like you know, our different experiences with wrestling. Because uh, I oh, think I is. came into it like at a very different point and a very different way than you did. Um, I mean, like, I I grew up with the Attitude Era, and there was plenty of bullshit in that, like The Undertaker for a start. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's kind of, like, difficult to kind of pass it off as, like, just my experiences. I think it's just I prefer more grounded entertainment. I think it's maybe just the presentation of it, because it is um, live action maybe maybe i don't know yeah whatever i've never i should maybe think a little bit more about what that is but maybe it is just because it's live action that there's only a certain amount of um that i that i can like tolerate before my i'm out of the match yeah um, maybe i mean i don't know like for me it's just like very it's very easy for me to click into the into the space that um that the wrestlers create in the ring so like for me each match kind of holds its own space in the ring it's like like almost kind of like a bubble uh, dimension like each match has its own internal rules for like suspension of disbelief or storytelling or like uh symbolism um, because because the wrestlers inside them like construct them in, in in different ways. So like the way that I understand the construction of like a Young Bucks match is going to be very different than the way I understand the construction of an Eddie Kingston match. And for me, a lot of times, even though like you know like thematically or story wise, like those things can interact with each other. Yeah. Um, for for me, like each like each match in the ring is its own contained thing so for me it was like what they were doing and all the crazy shit that they were pulling out like that part 
like it didn't get me at all and i just think i just think like i i god i so we already know um i i love i love the hardcore matches i love the death matches um and every single texas death match with hangman in is a masterpiece it's so good like he's so like this is an incredible this is an incredible uh signature match to have but this is the one he's got now like this is his signature match they have all been good and it's easy to see why the elite gravitated towards him because he doesn't he, he doesn't um make the the stipulation the story he uses it as a prop to tell a story yeah yeah and like Paige and mox have crazy 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 good energy like crazy good chemistry like they're just like I, like i don't know what it is but like the the level they they just like match up so well and they work together so well and like the way that you know the way that they came together in this match and the way that they escalated things and like you know it felt a little bit like mox was like this because he's like this right and Paige was like this because he was tapping into something dark uh, yeah. that kind of got darker and darker as the match went on and I think you know Paige, uh, like Adam Page as a baby face is such a, a, a natural and wonderful um, a, a baby and compelling baby face um, but he's also like very beautiful and I think sometimes when you're a wrestler who is very beautiful, you kind of get like you you kind of get this like a sort of assumption that you can't throw down in the way that somebody like Mox is, right? It's yeah. like, oh, like this is a pretty boy like they're kind of more delicate they're going to be a little bit more showy they're not going to be as brutal they're not going to be as violent um and i think especially with hangman like being such a good baby face you kind of forget that he has always in his character had this really aggressive really brutal streak to him I think as well, it's he's made himself fundamentally relatable, and so when he brings that energy, it is almost surprising. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, and this match was really was really interesting to me because you know I've kind of been watching his character progression, um, <clears throat> because I think that there's a lot of detail there and there's a lot more nuances than like people really draw a lot of attention to so like this thing with his split from the elite right and then this thing where you know he's still very much like very much entangled with him but like very much separate and then this thing where he's having this fall out with the dark order um it's all kind of coming together 
you know, when he got the belt, he just, like, seemed, like, very determined and just, like, wanting to show his best self and bring out his best self and work past his imposter syndrome and all of that. Like, his first promo where he was like, I earned this, right? And then, like, he doesn't have the belt and, like, things aren't working out so well. But then they have this trios tournament, right? And so he's reconnecting with the Dark Order. He's apologizing for, like, kind of, like, pulling away from them when he had the championship. They're building it up. They're building it up. And then, you know, they have this big match at All Out. And, like, it just, like, stopped. So, like, obviously there were a lot of out of kayfabe influences for, like, why all of that just sort of, like, ground yeah. into scrap metal. But having recently rewatched the All Out match, what really, really struck me was that the finish of the match was friendly fire hangman accidentally hit john silver with his finish and the bucks got the pin like it was an it was an accident right and there's just like a lot of parallels with that but like as we as we've gone from that moment we've seen him get more angry we've seen more frustrations with him We've seen him pull farther away from the Dark Order, and we've seen him, like, kind of swing to the elite a little bit, um, but not really. And the thing about that is that Hangman was never his best self when he was with the elite, Um, and he was never his best self when he was in the Bullet Club, and that was kind of, like, the contention that drove him breaking from them, right? He didn't feel like he was an equal. He didn't feel like he was standing on equal footing with them. He felt like an also ran, which was why the championship was so important to him. And I don't think that he thinks that he can now come to the elite and be and stand on equal ground with them, given everything that's happening. But it's so interesting to see him slowly, like, like tapping more and more into this, this, this internal darkness and this internal violence that he has, and get more and more violent, and like have have that come out even more and be more aggressive, up until the finish of this match, which was a callback to his debut in the Bullet Club. <laughs> I never seen his debut in the Bullet Club. Right. Okay. So Adam Page debuted um, at a small show the day after the big pay-per-view show when Adam Cole debuted in the Bullet Club. So we're starting with an inferiority complex. (laughs) We're just starting right there with that. But, like, what happened is um, he betrayed the kingdom, threw in with the Bullet Club, and uh, hung Chris Sabin with a rope. Now, he put that gimmick away extremely, extremely quickly. Um, I wasn't really a part of the discourse when this happened. I have been given the impression that there was a lot of discourse when this happened. And he put away that gimmick extremely quickly 
which is why it's so fucking interesting to me that the finish of this match was Hangman hanging Mox by a chain. Yeah, so he had to dig back to something really dark to and something that he didn't want to do to win. Yeah, something that he didn't want to do, a pass that he's been trying to escape, you know, a, a connection that he's been trying to pull away from. That's what he dug into in order to defeat Mox. So, like, emotionally, that hit me really deep. On top of the fact that it somehow worked, like, it, I, like, I believed in that finish in a way that I felt was so difficult to make me believe that Mox would tap out to anything. Like, he made Mox tap, and I believed it. Like, it looked brutal. Just want to add to that that it's the first time that he's tapped out since 2013, I think. Oh my god, thank you so much for for contributing that information. That information (laughs) is so important. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) I cannot tell if you're being facetious or not. I'm so sorry. I am not being facetious. I am 100% honest. Like, that's good information. I deeply appreciate it. If someone from the UK said that, I would 100% be facetious. Sometimes... (laughs) We can't be that enthusiastic. Sometimes I get really embarrassingly genuine about things and um and then i worry that i came across as like mocking people <laughs> <But> like... <laughs> it's not a you problem it's a fucking scotland problem we're all dicks <laughs> um but yeah i love stories and i love facts <laughs> yeah um, it was, so I was um i was on i was on reddit and i was like that's just that's one of the longest streaks without uh without tapping out and he, he did that to rehabilitate page which is fucking tremendous and like it didn't feel like just like oh mox is doing this like it wasn't just on the meta level that it hit right like i feel like a lot of their feud kind of worked for me because i had a meta understanding of what was going on like i understood like what mox yeah. was doing and what page was doing and it wasn't like it wasn't really about the story but like about what i knew about the story yeah um i think that this finish worked so well because it wasn't just that meta understanding that mox is giving hangman everything in this match he's giving hangman yes. everything in this match but that's not why the finish worked for me like it built so perfectly and it looked so brutal and it like, looked the, horrible like Mox sold awful. that by the way like yeah, i don't know if he was actually hanging but it looked fucking horrendous no he wasn't so as he was going not to like be that guy but like as he was going down he had the chain wrapped around his shoulder Oh, I I, right. I look at this. I, I look very closely at this sort of thing. He had it wrapped around his shoulder, and then like when he was hanging, it was like the side of his neck, and his carotid wasn't being pressed at all. Yeah, because <laughs> I wasn't sure. Like, yeah, I no, didn't go back and watch fine. it, but I was just like, it was just the way that he sold it. Like his face was red, bordering I... on purple, and I was like, fucking well done, man. Like that looked, looked amazing. He so like. Mm. Yeah, like, he sold it like death. And Hangman sold it, too. Like, Hangman sold 
like I don't know, like it was just everything about it. So like of course, his, pa- sorry, Paige's exit from the ring as well. Like he didn't look thrilled. Yeah, he like, he, he it was more like self vindication. Like right, I can do this. Right, but he wasn't like thrilled that he had to go to that place to do it. I guess. Well, because he never he never did want to go to that place right like that was part of the tension within him we even got it a little bit in his match against adam right where he kind of had to like dig into a more violent place than he wanted to and like the crowd wasn't too happy with him about that when Uh, he uh cuffed him to the ropes yeah 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 Uh, um but like that's what i mean about Paige just like always like having that element to him like even when he's just like such this shining natural beacon of a baby face which he is I do Um, like that though because like I don't think that they'll go down this road but like in a lot of characters it would result in some sort of heel turn but like he doesn't need that. He just needs people to know that actually that's a place he can dig down to if he needs to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like very interested to see where um where Paige's character is going, where his where his uh where his relationship with the elite is going. Because like I think I think that you know, in All Out, they were really setting up, like, some really juicy storytelling, and obviously that all got derailed, um, but I don't think that it's going to be a clean reunion at all. I don't Um, think so either, because, um, Don Callis was kind of speaking mm -hmm. about, like, hinting at the elite, uh, Kenny Omega being refocused, and that looks like um it's gonna be a sing like we're getting another Kenny singles run. So I'd imagine there'll be some conflict down the line with that because they'll need to compete against each other. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, you know, and I think that this like right now the elite have been real solid. Um yeah. from years of watching the elite, it does not last. <laughs> It does not ever last. They're really um, good at creating tension. Yeah, yeah. And I just think I just think that there's you know, assuming that they get the time and the and, and the platform to to spin out the story in in a way that they want to. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of twists and turns before there's real resolutions. And I also don't think, I also don't think that reuniting with the elite would be good for Hangman right now. Um, I think I think they could maybe go to um, like, I guess allyship before like they end up on the same team, which would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be I think that would be really interesting. And you know, a lot of people were saying BCC versus Elite uh, feud which um like i didn't like i didn't see that coming like i didn't see that as like something that they were setting up to i was pretty sure it was going to be house of black but like a bcc versus elite feud would be really interesting because like you could 
bring in a lot of like different elements and a lot of different history because um the the bucks and mox uh have some history yeah. <laughs> as well as mox and kenny and then hangman and it's all a very messy soup and i love a messy soup yeah i i don't know like i i don't know where the elite are going like me neither um i think they were going in a certain like i said i think they were going in a certain direction at, at all out and that like, was really derailed and i uh don't know what guess, they're going to do from here i guess like the way that i'm thinking about it is, is i'm pretty sure like the elite like i mentioned this the other day when we were recording the elite weren't on the poster for Rev revolution i don't think were they not i don't think so um <laughs> so when i say i don't know where the elite are going I think, like, say again, like, uh, I think Tony Khan is kind of protecting himself because of the issues that are happening that are non-kayfabe. So I don't know, like, how much on-screen time we're going to get to be able to see these issues play out for the Young Bucks, Kenny, and Kenny Omega. Yeah, so, like, yeah, we talked I, about this on the last yeah. episode. I know that there's I know that there's not necessarily an indication that they're actually going to leave say but there's also definitely like absolutely indications that Tony Khan is protecting AW from a potential elite departure like I I mean so it's so hard to tell right because when Cody was threatening to leave that's not how TK reacted so you could think Oh, maybe he's learned from that, but like, would he really be Tony Khan if it doesn't learn? Right, and like, I don't think, I don't think that if you're worried about the elite leaving, you go quietly into that good night if you're Tony Khan, right? So, and no. that's what that's what cycling them down in response to them leaving would be to me. And again, like, I don't know any of these people. I don't know what's going on with their in their heads. Like, again, like, as I said in the last episode, I kind of, like, hate speculating on this because, like, we have no actual information. We oh. have, you know, we have what Cody did, but Cody is an extremely different person from the elite. Um... You know, so like on the one hand, you think, well, the elite are featured prominently in the new AEW show. Like, wouldn't that indicate that they're staying? And then somebody would be like, well, Cody had a whole ass reality TV show and he fucking fucked off. But like, again, like they're different people. They have different they motivations. Different they're very different people. And they they're all, it's also a very different circumstance as well. I don't think yeah. they, that like, though we'll probably never know, it seemed like. Uh, Cody was creatively unfulfilled, or the or the vision for AEW had changed beyond what comparable with. But the elite, mm. up until this point at least, have always been like featured well, and they've had like their stories are very different to everyone else's on the card. So they've had that creative freedom. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. That's why I mean, yeah. So. I just um I just don't think that with the information that we have right now there is anything that like gives us a reason particularly like you know one of my friends said to me 
um, about the House of Black match, they were like, they didn't, they were like upset that the elite like lost the House of Black match because they were anticipating the insufferable amount of discourse that that would cause about where the elite are going. And like, that's not additional information. The elite lose things they have oh, no done. yeah you know I what wasn't i mean basi- i wasn't basing my query on what happened in the match like that was yeah. not a, that was not a a bow out match that was a fucking great match and they both oh, each other yeah. really well like and by the way it was a great match uh, oh my god i need i need kenny versus alistair black or oops oops i did it kenny versus malachi black and i need uh kenny versus uh buddy whichever the one isn't the wrong one <laughs> <laughs> i need those i need those two matches i need them right meow right meow yeah. by the, sorry right when matt jackson tagged in and oh asked for Brody, oh my god i, love I had to so pause I had to pause it because it took me about a minute to recover. I, that was I one of the funniest so spots I've seen in wrestling for ages. I love him so much. He's always doing that. He's always doing that. He's getting so big and so tough, and he's small. <laughs> and he forgets. Nick Bolton from the corner when he tried to tag in as a. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. There are. One of the funniest things for me that the Bucks do is Matt will a hundred percent run away to hide behind his little brother. A hundred percent of the time he will do this. He will pick a fight and hide behind Nick. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. I uh, and when Omega clattered, uh, what's her name with the V trigger? Let Julia fight. I swear Sorry? to God. I swear to God. If you people don't let Julia fight, let her fight. Let her fight. It's, it's, like it's again. That was something I had to pause because I was expecting like a baby face reaction, and, and Kenny just looked over the ring and went, "Ah, fuck it. No, you deserve that." I. I appreciated I him. I appreciated him so much for that because, like, I'm actually so tired of it. Yeah. Like, I'm tired. Like, I'm tired of it, and so I appreciated so much where he was like, "I don't give a fuck." Like, I appreciated that big time, big time. I think, um, I think the the Bucks should have, uh, stayed true to ROH tradition and kicked her in the face. That's what I think. But you know, that would be amazing. Super nobody, kick, sorry. Yes, yes, but uh, nobody asked me questions, uh, even though they said. BTE trigger. Yes, yeah, BTE trigger, Julia Hart. Just do it, just do it. (laughs) You know what, you know what, fuck it. Thumbtack shoe, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) She wouldn't be the first one. (laughs) That was was, um, a well-placed match on the card as well. Like, it was really high energy um had some great spots that showed off how good both teams are and it's like the bucks are the only sorry the elite are the only uh group on the card in in AEW that do this they have perfect in-ring chemistry with fucking everyone they do and this is not a new thing like obviously they've been able to do this from japan 
But my evidence for this is that they got a really good match out of Private Party. Hey! <laughs> Why are you always doing this? Why do you come into my house and slander my faves all of the time? <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Tell me I'm wrong, though. <laughs> I am telling you you're wrong. Private party it, so, are awesome. So they didn't get I a good match. Them. No, they did a get good a match. good match. But, like, private party has good matches. Screw you. When? They do. When? I always like private party matches. They haven't had a uh, match that, 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 those, things aren't, those things can be mutually exclu exclusive. People can like bad things. I can't. I'm not having this conversation with you right now. We're talking about the elite, who we can You've both got a agree. Good match at a private party. We can both agree that the um, elite are awesome. I actually there's this there's this ancient young bucks match where they were at some fucking indie. Who cares? And they were up against they were up against guys who were so bad. They were so bad, and they got, like, they carried them to, like, a really good, like, really fun and entertaining match, but they were, like, botching spots left, right, and center, and, like, the Bucks, <laughs> and the Bucks, like, signature moves and sequences that the Bucks have that, like, everybody who's, like, watched three matches of theirs could identify, like, completely whiffed them. And, like, the Bucks were, like, really able to recover from it. And, like, they really put on a good match. Um, but these guys sucked. <laughs> but they had to do that the all the time. Are, oh, I, I don't know. A lot of people seem to think it's FDR, but or but I don't know. I think uh, the Bucks are still the best tag team in the world. Like, I, I maybe, think... Maybe uh, Aussie Open, but I think the Young Bucks are still the best. Here's me uh, being spicy. And listen... I'm biased. I don't pretend to not be biased. But here's me being spicy. I think a lot of people want FTR to be the best tag team in the world. Because then it won't be the Young Bucks. I think that is very fair. <laughs> and you know what? If they want to live in that world, that's fine. I don't, I don't mind. That's yeah. fine. But I know... Like it's the they Bucks. Could, like, come on. They, I don't know. Like, there's nobody been as consistently good as um, the Young Bucks, and there's no, I don't know. There's no other tag team that I know that you could put in a ring with two, two anybody's, and they would get a good match out of them. If if you and I went into the ring with the Young Bucks, we would have a workable match out of it. It wouldn't. You yeah. know, be good, but we would be able to work something out. I like, imagine, yeah, they'd be shouting at me, but they would be able to tell me what to do, I would imagine. They would, they would. So, look, look, but but this match in particular, I thought, with House of Black, I thought was really, really good. And I knew it was going to be really, really good because, like, the wrestlers involved are just so, so good. All I of just them. Say my hot take uh -huh. for this. This is the first time that I have watched Malachi Black and wanted to see more Malachi Black. Like, um. Okay. I, I enjoy his matches, but I never look forward to them. But now I really want to see 
a match between him and Kenny Omega? Personally, I don't relate. Um, because I've been enchanted with him ever since he uh, beat Cody's ass. Um, but, well, yeah, that's absolutely fair. Uh, but like, I also like, I love, I love the way that he moves. Like, I always want to see this is this is also like our preferences showing through because like I love the dramatic and mystical elements in his storytelling. And so I love the way that he pairs that with like the way that he moves and the way that he wrestles. I so often yeah, find it his character so boring. Amazing. Yeah. I so often find it so boring when we have a wrestler and their gimmick is like, I'm a shoot wrestler. And I'm like, okay, and like I don't I don't care about that. Like it I it actually bores me to tears. But he pairs that with like really interesting really creative character work that i appreciate so much and like i don't know like there was just like something extra i felt in that ring like the way the way that moves connected the way that everybody in that ring like sold those moves like the pacing of it it just like it just like felt like extra like special and it felt frantic right it was yeah. like a really it was like a really really intense back and forth nobody really held the upper hand for very long um and it there there was something like really frantic about it that i really enjoyed yeah the brody king i think added a lot to the match because he did like it isn't really something that they've had to deal with in AEW. Like, there's not really been that really big guy that they've had to contend with. And they worked that into the story so fucking. I... Like, have you ever seen... Have you ever seen uh, Young Buck War Machine matches? Um, they were... Uh, when they went to... When they went to WWE, there was something else. Um... It's not the Viking right. experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, whatever, whatever they turned into, whatever they turned into when they went to the, into All WWE, Vikings or something like that. Yeah, 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 some shit like that. But they were War Machine, um, and like the uh, the Bucks are so good at a David and Goliath match, which they should be. They're tiny, yeah. um, <laughs> but like them versus war machine was always so good um and so like i loved that i love those bits with brody king because we were like bringing that back <laughs> and i missed that um so that was really really good that was really fun they could probably have that with bear count country as well aw ever decides to do something with them yeah didn't they have a match with them at one point I, I assume were, so. I Maybe a TV had. match. Yeah, yeah. You're just like I assume they had a match with the tag team in AEW. I assume <laughs> they did. Off the list. <laughs> yeah. Like the, I mean the quality of the teams are amazing, but it's never been like a hugely deep tag team. So I assume that they that they did at some point wrestle them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. One of the things that I love about elite matches. Um, is the way that they, especially, like, the way that the Bucks, like, flank Kenny. Like, 
Kenny will be like in the middle of like something and like be really intense and they will just like come out of nowhere to to blast his opponent into the next universe like it's like they do it all the time but they especially did it this match there were so many times where like the two of them would just like shoot up out of nowhere and start they did a spot with buddy actually when he it looked like he was running along the apron and they um one of them super kicked him and uh from the corner and the other and nick did the kind of like it just came out of fucking nowhere as well. Like, I didn't even see them get onto the apron, actually. Yeah, yeah. There was one There was one spot, I think it was with Brody, where it's just, like, they had, like, they had been, like, obliterated a little while ago. And then, like, one of them comes out up and kicks him in the face, and then the other one, and then they, like, regroup and do it together. Um, and it took that much to take down Brody King. <laughs> it's yeah. Um, like yeah, he was so second, good in that match. He was so good. Malachi was so good too. I love how he sold some of those moves. Like it was really, really good. The start, sorry, the start of the match I really liked between uh, Malachi and Omega when the, um, Omega they both ended up sitting cross-legged in the middle of the ring, and Omega was like, "All right, okay, so you're good." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was That's like, when he was I like, knew it was going to be a good match. He was like, he was like, oh, so it's like this then. All right, all right, all right. I loved that. I loved that big time. Yeah, I love that match. That match was good. Watch it again. <laughs> oh, we speak about the other matches. <laughs> <sighs> if we must. Um. The. Jericho Starks match opened the show. I thought. Mm. I don't think like there was anything really stand out. Well, actually, like Starks blocking the Judas the Judas effect mm-hmm. was honestly one of the most hilariously simple things I've ever seen in wrestling. And, <laughs> and like now, everyone has to do that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think that's ever been done. He just put his hand up. Is that, he was like, just is like, that... he was just like, I prefer not to actually. Uh, <laughs> I prefer we did something else uh, as it happens. His he is so over though. He is like chemistry overflowing. No, I know. I mean, like he he has always been like incredibly charismatic people have always just wanted to see him like i don't think that like he needed to do anything particular in this match to just be over you know what i mean oh he didn't and he's just he's just right there like we were speaking the other day about actually who we think we should take championship off of mgf i actually i'm starting to think it should be starks Okay, okay. I'm not gonna argue against that at all. Like, they had that really good mini rivalry that I wanted to see. Definitely wanted to see more of. Actually, at the beginning of MJF's mm-hmm. reign, yeah, um, where it kind of solidified Starks as not just a good worker, but actually someone who is up there with AEW's best on the mic as well. Like it yeah. showed, really showed him as like a like the full package. 
Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think if they're consistent with presenting him um for the next while, um, he'll definitely be a credible one to take to take the, the belt off him. Um, the underdog still... thing as well. Like yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. A, he's not a huge guy. Um and he's like it's I, I don't like I know that this is going to sound like um a slight, but he's got that sort of thing that Cody had at the start of AW where everything feels genuine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like everything is an extension of who he is as a person dialed up to eleven as opposed to putting on a character. Yeah. Um and that really re- is resonating with the fans. Yeah. And like in contrast, I think that that's also a little bit maybe why MGF isn't resonating quite as much with a lot of people at the moment. Because mm, it doesn't it doesn't feel yeah. authentic. Like he did resonate yeah. with people when he did feel authentic, and then he dropped yeah. that like a hot rock, and now we're like. Mm. I yeah. think that's yeah, but the way that Starks has gone, like I I'm I want to see where they go with him because as I. I post on Twitter like this was the perfect match to end the rivalry, but I want to see how AEW follow up on this because traditionally they do not follow up well with baby faces after a big win. It's so like, weird too because like a yeah. lot of times like you don't have to do anything fancy; you just put them on TV and put them in matches. Like it doesn't have to be that deep. Not you know with what I mean? Fucking Mark Starling though. Not with Mark Starling and Tony Nese. Put him against somebody who he's is actually credible and let his momentum carry. I don't understand why we seem to be so against having two people who people like do a match in AEW. You, You know? We don't have a lot of matches lately in AEW where you look at it and you're like, hell yeah, both these guys. Like, especially not in the mid card. And it's like, maybe we could just, like, have the wrestling characters that people actually like just, like, fighting each other. And, like, it's fine. It's an interesting concept. I I know, right? Um, It might just work. (laughs) Um, Most of all, I want uh, Ricky to not uh, be interacting with Chris Jericho any longer. Please, thank you. Jericho, Uh, please, me. Hello, it's Libby. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? Hi, Libby heard that we were an hour into our supplemental uh, segment of the podcast, and oh wow, came in to uh, uh, whip us into shape, Libby. I'm. Oh, are we already off topic? Is this is this what's happened? Uh, no, we were pretty on topic. Um, oh, good, good. I'm glad. Yeah, we were on topic. We were just um. Like, still talking the pre-show stuck... or no? We got, oh, we, stuck on the elite. we got stuck on the elite versus House of Black for like. Oh yeah, that was minutes. crazy. Oh yes, very weird. Uh, did not expect that. Where uh, being there was very left very strange vibe once it happened. I I want House of Black to finally have a big win. Yeah, and to do their stuff and have time and have platform to do their stuff, and that is how 
I am choosing to think about <laughs> this situation. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So to preface, obviously, I'm joining late because I, I was at Revolution um, and I just traveled from San Francisco to LA. I'm spending some time here. Um, and it was like very like bittersweet um to to watch i was uh very someone very graciously um offered me their seat and i was five five rows from the ring oh, wow. um and it was like <laughs> it was so shocking when it happened because you it kind of felt like we all it, it felt like it was very right for the house of black to win but because of there being like no build whatsoever it was kind of like okay maybe this is the beginning of something rather than the end of something um and so for them to actually win it with no build like nothing between them not even like a, a you know a promo from the elite at all it was really really shocking in the moment it was like very um deflating when it happened uh not that no one was happy to see the house of black win it was just very unexpected you know uh and strange and everyone like the elite looked kind of sad like there were times when they looked very sad and it was a very strange it was an amazing match but like there was like feeling there that that couldn't be identified right now yeah yeah, I, you know, I I try not to, like, you know, we were talking earlier, I try not to, like, speculate or read too much into things, like, I try to just, like, kind of take it as it comes and, like, mm. kind of put it all together after the fact once we have more information, so hopefully where things go from here are going to be really fun and good, mm-hmm. and in the meantime, that match ruled. And uh, I enjoyed it. Well, uh, not to skip ahead of the event, but I think it's a it's a sign that Hangman is also fit, wrapping up this feud um, at the same time. And there's also, you know, a potential at returning Adam Cole. And there's also a New Japan belt for Kenny to defend. He's got to defend. <laughs> he's got to defend that mm-hmm. belt at some point. Jeff Cobb is still waiting for a date. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Uh, and then, and then uh, Don Callis is still uh, being being real, real some kind of way with Takeshita. Oh well, yeah, this is the thing. Like uh, you know, we've all seen that they've been out there filming segments, right? But uh-huh. nothing's happened. Um, and. Uh, we were. I was at the the dynamite where they had the where Takeshita and Don had their little segment, and as soon as Takeshita said, "I'm thinking about maybe going back to Japan," the whole arena was like, "No!" We <laughs> heard that. No, we heard that. Though. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, that's it was, hilarious. It was very, very loud. Um, yeah, warmed my heart actually. Yeah. He had a really great, if, if you watch Dark, like him versus uh, Cartwheel, who I think is a local talent, um, oh. was really, really good. It's definitely watching that match on Dark. Like that Dynamite, like the reaction to Takeshita versus Cartwheel was probably like the biggest reaction of the whole night. 
He's so over. Like, everyone fucking loves him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what happens with him and Don. Where's that going? Because before he left DDT, he was the ace of DDT, but he was also a heel, you know? So, like, Takeshita can can really turn it up if he wants to. Like, his his most, you know, his most infamous bouts more, more recently have, you know, he's been an absolute savage in the ring. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, I've I've been I've been looking at this Don Takeshita thing, and I've been like, is is Don trying to trade in for a newer model? Man, but oh, <laughs> who knows what's going on there? Because there's so much history between like Takeshita and Kenny, you know? Because like the drama of that. I've always had a theory that it's a very indulgent theory, but like. The I've always got the you know like the um, the Britney feeling like you know how Britney had managers that kind of used and abused her and were ready to trade her yeah. in and use her mm-hmm. in certain ways. I always got that kind of feeling from Don that that's kind of what they were like suggesting at, but it's not necessarily they ever cashed in on. Um, mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be cool because he has a like his character is I'm a carny fuck. So yeah. It's very good. Exactly. It so well. Exactly. So well. And he'll have a role to play when, you know, we finally get our Golden Elite reunion. You know, there's there'll be a slice of Don in there for right. sure. Yeah. Um, but I suppose we should move on to the, the women's uh match that followed that. Yeah. What did you think about that? Oh, it was I loved it. Um I thought what a what a really difficult match to follow to put your women's championship match on after that because it was you know an unexpected finish mm-hmm. a really really good match um and so I thought it was quite a choice to put that there I think it was quite a challenge to the women um they did that, they did that full gear too they put Nyla oh, and yeah. after the bucks again and I'm yeah like, it's a bit harsh yeah, yeah it's a bit like you need to to i don't know but i move, isn't it? yeah i yeah. i i really enjoyed it um i thought soraya looked the best she has yet wrestling wise jamie was great the Ruby thing is the Ruby thing. She's going to, you know, from in the arena, you couldn't really pick up the subtleties of, of Ruby at the end. Like we were all like, okay, Ruby's a heel now. Um, but when we watched it back, you know, you can kind of see there's a, a, a slightly hesitant look on her face about, about what she's doing. So um, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But like, I, I really enjoyed it in person. And I think it was really tough to follow, to follow that match and sort of get the crowd back into it again because these these matches move fast the tag match should have the tag team match should have followed the elite because really like right like really that was the cooldown match right and it deserved like a spot where the fans were maybe not as fatigued after a absolute belter of a match but yeah like, I actually think that the match was really, really good. And I think that, like, I don't know, I've seen a little bit of mixed, rece- mixed reception to it, but I, wa- but I watched it after taking a break, and I thought it was a really good match. Like, the pacing was really good. The t- yeah. The, like, you know, um, you know, in trios matches, you sometimes get these very fucking obviously telegraphed um, 
stoppages for one person as they as they hang outside the ring nursing a shoulder bump for about 20 minutes yeah. there wasn't any of that like um it flowed really well and they told a really good story and like you could see towards the end that ruby was like getting frustrated and you could kind yeah. of see her like i don't know how it was in person but you could kind of see her starting to break a little bit yeah i think less so in person i think it came across on tv better um than it than it did in person because of its subtlety which i think is a good thing like i don't think it's a bad thing that it wasn't you know telegraphed to the fucking rafters um but i, I mean i just it was just like a, it was a a good match to watch and it was very interesting because they they really um i don't know if, if tony khan took a new japan pill before before the event but like there was no waiting in between each match like they were they moved between everything so fast compared to to last year at revolution there was kind of some like waiting time between stuff or there was you know there was quite a few sort of promo-y segments or little moments there was like barely any of that this time they were like ready to like one person went off the next entrance died like straight away um so like they moved into it very quick um, I think they delivered. I think they delivered really, on it. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention after the bell rang, but I don't think there was any video packages introducing the matches either. I'm trying to think. Um, I don't. I can't remember if there was one before the main event or not. Um, yeah, like. But no, I, yeah. I did notice that there was very little fucking around in this show. Yeah, they really got to it, and it, the the show started earlier as well, like. I sort of expected to like to be out super super late and it was like we were I can't even remember was it like 9 10 p.m whereas last year we were out at like midnight or something like <laughs> it was uh yeah they really really kept I don't know if because the arena was so big they were like we can't there's there's so many people we we have to like move fast otherwise they riot um but yeah yeah what what mx what how was it for you watching it was really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I like. I was just really curious to see your perspective on it. The the Ruby thing, you know, it is what it is. You know, <laughs> I I think I think it has the potential to be good. Yeah, and I and I think that there there is an explanation character wise. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let it I'm gonna let it just see. We'll just see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. But you know stories aren't the benefit of the doubt, to be honest. Yeah, I've been really happy. I've been really happy with this story. I've been really like I said I've said it before, but Jamie's been absolutely killing it. Oh yeah, Um, for sure. And I just uh yeah, I'm just I'm just like I was super I was super glad about this and um but they really should have made uh that that tag team match the cooldown match. Yeah. An interesting was, one. I guess that's an interesting segue cuz um yeah that was my toilet break match. I did not pay attention to this at all. The second that I that uh Jeff Jarrett's music kicked in I was like Oh my god that was your toilet break match. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so it's like a like a Pavlovian response. You hear the music, you have to pee. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I seen, <laughs> I seen or- or- Orange Cassidy starting the match. He made me laugh. Orange Cassidy tagged out, and so did I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it was. Um, I did turn to my friend and was like, "If if Jeff Jarrett and and Jay Lethal win, we're gonna need a. I'm gonna need a five minute break. <laughs> I'm gonna need to step away." Um, yeah, that match was fun. It was fun to watch. Um, it really wasn't that memorable. Um, I'm actually, uh, I'm actually really glad the guns retained. Me too. Um, I love the guns. I think they're great. I think there's, you know, the tag team division is has sort of dwindled, and it's nice to have such a clear tag team that really know who they are, what their motivations yeah. are. I love the the goofy heel that can actually really turn up the heat. Like they're very good wrestlers. Um, and I, I think they do their job really well. Yeah, I am as well. Like it's great. Sorry, am, like I yeah. was watching that. My wife turned to me and was like, "What the fuck are they wearing?" I was like, "They're getting <laughs> the action okay. they want." They yeah, are icons. They're fashion. Yeah, icons. they said Shawn Michaels. Yes, we shall do. <laughs> what was that tweet? One half of a Shawn Michaels between the two of them. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've not seen that, but that is so accurate. Um, yeah. yeah, and uh, I thought, I thought, I kind of, I sort of wondered if, if the acclaimed might retain them for for a good pop or whatever. Um, the acclaimed are amazing to to watch live. That like they are they are both such good wrestlers. Like it's 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 so um, yeah, it's so impressive to watch them um and here's i forgot go on i here's the thing for me about the guns uh uh, uh, uh the gun club i refuse to call them the guns retaining <laughs> okay i've had this rant before um here's the thing uh how transparently yeah uh they are being used to carry the bell from the acclaimed to yes yes see i knew they were coming like but especially because there hadn't been any surprises so far and we were like well it's probably ftr probably gonna show up um but i forgot about it and then it happened and then i was like oh yeah and then i was reminded why the guns retained and i was like oh yeah um so here's a here's a here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing if you do not have confidence that you can get FTR mm. to a place where the audience will accept them getting the belts off the acclaimed. Yeah. You should not take the belts off of the acclaimed. Yeah. Um. Their run, like they their run still has legs. Like they still have places to go. They still have things to do. People are still behind them. Yeah. Now is not the time to pull the trigger on FTR. Like it's not the time. Yeah. I was so sad that that the the best friends got taken out <laughs> of the what was it the top rope rumble uh, the name your stipulation uh, oh, yeah. through a dart at the dartboard of stipulations. Um, I was so sad that they were taken out, and the, the Orange and Dunhausen thing is fun, but it was like uh, I was like, oh, I just assumed Orange was going to have to defend the All Atlantic belt because that's an important belt right no maybe um and i was kind of sad you know in the way that they're great but you want your established tag teams in there and it really felt like you know a dark order would have been you know makes sense in that match um uh it, it was it was um it was like something 
I, I still really enjoyed it. I was just kind of like, I, I kind of wish somebody else was in there. I was gutted and went to Dynamite and I didn't get to see the best friends wrestle. I was so excited <laughs> to see them wrestle. I hadn't seen them wrestle. I finally got to see Kenny wrestle. That was amazing. And I was like, oh, some other people. Nope, don't get to see them. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we were talking about how weak the build to this pay-per-view was. Mm. And when I think about how much TV time was taken up by Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Yeah. That could have been done to do uh, literally anything else. Yeah. They took the show by 20 minutes, and honestly, that would have been better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a shame because, like, the matches were really, really, like, the quality of the matches were really, really, really good. They were just, there there was that slice missing for there was only space for some people to be able to get their building their space in their reasoning and everything else kind of just had to be accepted um so the yeah the the, i like the tag match like i'm saying it's not memorable because it wasn't very it wasn't a very motivated situation but it was still like a really really great match um and, and fun to watch and i love satnam singh by the way i'm not afraid to say it i'm obsessed with the guy i think he's hilarious <laughs> no, your, like i, I have no problem with him live I, i'm living my truth um yeah but yeah it was it was uh it was what it was it was an ftr vehicle at the end of the day and i wish the gun mm. clubs the, the gun clubs there's multiple of them apparently i wish the gun club the best the best run until FTR uh, take those belts. Did you? I, I have no idea how. Um, like I, I was looking at the ring, and then Dax was bleeding, and I have no idea how. I was. <laughs> how did he stop bleeding? I don't, don't understand. We don't know either. Oh, okay. Know okay. Either. That's good. All right. It was just a we job, please, Derek. We were. <laughs> We were counting on him so hard for that too. <laughs> oh, no. I just it just happened out of nowhere. I was like, what? When? How? Uh glad that um it wasn't just an in-person thing. Love love that uh not just me. Uh, not no, just he, me. He just oh, no clue. No clue. No idea. Love that. Yeah. Love that. I can only imagine it was when they did the big rig, but I don't know how. Next match after that was that. So we've not really done them in order. We've done them in okay. order that they come up. I think we, the one that we've got next on the list yeah. is uh, Joe versus Wardlow. Ah, this was this was my PP match. This is when I it's went for. Just... I I waited for Joe's entrance and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna run to the to the bathroom and back now. Uh, this will be my moment. Yeah, this was a match. It was. A match that was on the card, and they did some wrestling. I can't say that I paid any great attention to this match. My apologies. Like, look, they... I like uh, like Joe, but I did not care about this. Yeah, they... I don't think they did right by Wardlow. Um, And while, while I have sympathy for that, that does not make me more interested in watching this match. It's It had no build, either. It was just like... They they the, sort of had the the, like the packages, yeah. They had the 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 video packages with Wardlow talking about his dad, which is which is you know very motivating emotional um, driver. 
Um, but it was just kind of it was Park episode with the forced in there. I I like it when wrestlers feel very genuine and very Mm. sincere, and I like it when wrestlers kind of weave in like real life stuff that's like happening with them into the themes of what they're doing. Yeah, I don't like it when wrestlers are just straight up. Let me tell you about my dad. Yeah, it's very forced. It's very like um, I don't, I don't have anything else. So here's a it, here's a slice of tragedy. Like, it makes me it makes me uncomfortable. Like it feels um, like too invasive. It's like having a stranger oversharing uh, to you. Right. Yeah. Um. And like. I don't, I don't, like, I like some kayfabe, right? You know, like, some kind of mm-hmm. story beyond just, like, my dad. So, like, when Hangman was, like, for for a little while there, I did not remember my son's name. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, like, that's, like, something that's, like, interwoven in, like, yeah. the kayfabe and, like, everything that's happening, even though, like, that was very much like sort of like a real life story beat right yeah yep um incredible personal incredibly personal stories about family members um no thank you <laughs> i, I think, think uh, story, no no go for it i think my biggest disconnect with it with the story about his dad was there was an exposition dump and it meant that they didn't care about mm. the they just needed to get an excuse out there to have a match and that to me was like well they don't care enough to build this match. So, like, what am I caring about? He's just going to lose to Hobbs straight away. <laughs> it wouldn't know. surprise me. It wouldn't either. They did not do right by him. Look, like, I think I think it's okay that some wrestlers aren't the whole package. And I think we know at this point that Wardlow isn't. And I think it's okay um, when some wrestlers look better when they're presented like in context of what other wrestlers are doing or what other groups are doing. And um, I think they're really doing him a disservice and they're doing us as an audience a disservice by refusing to just like kind of give Wardlow like the support cast that he needs. I think he would. Yeah, he needs some friends. I think he would do excellently in an ensemble story so um this was sorry so this was actually we were speaking about the issues that have come around come about because of uh brawl out it looked like wardlow was about to get that before cm punk went all cm punk so it looked like he was going to be in a group with ftr oh yeah okay so moving on Hangman Mox, Hangman Mox time. Oh, I ranted for like <laughs> half an hour straight. I had a whole fucking. <gasps> We've already done Hangman. Oh yeah, no! Can I get the the uh, too long didn't read? Uh, TLDR on Hangman Mox. Uh, a extremely fucking good. B, <laughs> absolutely perfect finish. C. Um, the finish was a callback to Hangman's uh, debut in the Bullet Club. Indeed. And that he's going to start walking a little bit down the dark side, and that has very interesting implications for his character. I bloody hope so. It was a nice little callback to um, Mox and Kenny as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny did the same thing, and I was like, "That's good. That's good shit." I this this was like my main event. Like this was mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. was yeah. like m- the big match I really really wanted to see, um, and it just like absolutely delivered for me, like unbelievably so. Uh, and I... go on. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say uh, when you were done. Um, <laughs> if you're done, if you're done, if you're, it's my done, turn now. If you're finished, I've been talking nonstop please. for an hour. But please, please. <laughs> no, I was just saying, if you can believe it, this was my match of the night. Yeah, on a, on yeah. A, on a night that had the 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 elite in it, if you can believe it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I also feel the the same torn feeling to say it. Um. Yeah, it it was. It, you know what was really interesting as well at the end of the match, Hangman stood at the top of the ramp for a really long time. Like mm-hmm. he re- he really stayed there until he had to go. Um, just like looking down that ring, and I also didn't realize that um, until I watched it back that um, Claudio and Yuta came out um, to help Mox. Um, which he, I mean, Hangman looked lonely anyway, but like even more so, I was just like, oof, that's just like salt in the wound, you know? I love it. The true loneliness. Um, but yeah, that was a, to be like uh, that Arhara Moon Salt with the barbed wire around him, like watching that happen was just like pure, pure joy for me. Um, it was, was yeah. Cool. It was so good. It was so so good. Um, but if we have already spoken about it, we shall move on. Um, what's left? Jack Perry and Christian Cage. Oh, uh, this I enjoyed far more than I thought I would. I'm I'm happy Same. for you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, what you you have to respect that Christian came out in turtleneck gear. Okay, you <laughs> have to respect. Don't. You have to respect the drip, okay? He kept up his super secret spy gear. I that he's been wearing. He's definitely an Archer fan, isn't he? I do not <laughs> have to respect a single thing about Christian Cage, which is good because I don't love uh, fair, fair. You do you. I this is. I've always loved like nasty heel Christian, and he's got catatonic heat, and it brings me a lot of joy. Like that. This is the Christian I want to. I want to see him be an absolute asshole, like to the max. And he definitely was. I kind of the. I don't know how it looked on TV, but the finish, the chair, um, the concerto on Christian's head. To to me, it looked like it made full contact, and everyone was very shocked around me. Uh, did that translate on TV? The camera made it look like it did. I don't think right. it actually did, but it was a really, really good shot. It was like New Japan yeah. quality shot. Like, yeah. Um, I watched it back a second time because I was like, did he actually fuck that up? Y- yeah, uh, that's what we weren't sure. We were like, did, did that was that full contact? Like, I, I we think couldn't what tell. What was like he clipped the edge of the bottom chair. And, uh, and it made his head like bounce. Yeah. Um, but it didn't look like he actually fucked it up. Yeah, I I was sort of kind of hoping Jungle Boy would lose so he could go in the coffin and then he could be rebirthed as, I don't know, fucking Jungle Man, I don't fucking know. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> something else, uh, like a new era for him. Because I think he, like, 
I don't know. I feel like he needs to drop the whole Jungle Boy gimmick. Like I think it's... I've said this before, but he needs new uh, music for a drop star. A... Yeah. Drop like, that Boy. is um, definitely, like, undercard, I'm going to make the crowd happy music. It's not Jack Perry music. It's um, comedy act music, and he needs to change it if, he can, if the presentation is going to match the persona that he's had for this rivalry. I'm going to have a hot take. Here we go. I hate this transformation from Jungle Boy to Jack Perry. I hate, oh. it. I hate it so much. I hate it with my whole heart and soul. The reason why I don't like this rivalry, right, is because I uh, blame Christian entirely <laughs> for ruining Jurassic Express for no yep. reason. That's true. I miss I miss them as a unit. Like, like uh, what without Marco Stun, my my uh, my love for the Jurassic Express instantly already kind of weaned a little bit. Um, right, and then and then they turned Luchasaurus heel, which they didn't need to do, and now we yeah again yeah he and, got buried yeah, and I like so like you know when AEW first started, like he kind of made it clear that he really didn't want to be like you know kind of like be known as his his father's son. He wanted to 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 have his own identity. Um, so like I don't know like maybe you know he's come to terms with that now but like it has always hurt whenever like JR calls him Jack Perry and like it mm. always it always stung and it's been really stinging for for me to see him slide more and more and more and like listen Jungle Boy was a character Jungle Boy was in- interesting the Jurassic Express was marketable it was cute it was fun and like I like I don't think that wrestling has to be super serious in order mm-hmm. to be important. I'm a fan of the elite. And and I just, like, we have turned, like, a character and somebody fun and fun interactions and something interesting to another blonde twink wrestling. <laughs> and I don't care. <laughs> So true, bestie. We have dozens of these bitches running around the indies. Like, I don't care. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, like, I, I am the exact opposite of that. Oh, uh, yeah. We had, we had a little, yeah, that, we had a, a TLDR. Like, we had a, a little bit mm-hmm. of a chat about, um, we did. I can't de- really deal with that sort of presentation. So, I guess my hot take based on this conversation <laughs> is that Jack Perry has a very high ceiling and mm. you've seen mm. this with, and you've seen this with Chris Statlander as well well at the second that it became apparent that Chris Statlander had a very high ceiling the bullshit went away and I it, hate it like and I get that that I think that um we were speaking about this on the the lost footage um mm. that like we're not gonna like everything on the show but it doesn't have to be for everyone, but I am kind of like, I guess like on JR's camp in this, where like the champion does have to be at least semi-serious and you can't have fucking Tarzan running around on the shoulder of a dinosaur as your main champion. And he is going to be AEW champion. I think that if you're going to look at a gimmick that's like really fun and that's really over with the crowd and that people really like and that's really merchandisable and you want to turn it into something quote unquote more serious it has to be more interesting that's um, fair yeah 
and what they did when they uh, turned down uh, Statlander's gimmick was not more interesting. And what they've done with Jack Perry is not more interesting. And I think that's what makes me resent it so deeply because it's this instinct to flatten wrestling into Mm. one kind of presentation. There is one way to present wrestling legitimately and if you want to be a legitimate wrestler you must flatten yourself make yourself less interesting make yourself stand out less in order to succeed and i hate it Um, i think that's absolutely fair and yeah i totally get that and um, have we have we spoken about the main event yet yes yes okay okay what did you guys what tldr what did you think I said it's going to be really high on a lot of people. Oh no, we lost Alex again. Alex, no! Oh, for God's sake. I said it's, <laughs> going, to really, I said it's going to be really high on a lot of people's matches of the year. Because there is a difference between setting out to have a 60-minute match and the fans not knowing and retaining a, the fans' attention for 60 minutes when they know they have to settle in for those 60 minutes. Yeah, like, that is a that is a barrier that people have to overcome when they're in the ring, and like, I've not seen anybody do that for sixty minutes before. Like it's fantastic. Was Kenny Okada not an Iron Man match? Am I going crazy? I'm ve- yeah. I'm very sleep depri- I'm sleep deprived. I, I can't. Was, was I no, can't Kenny remember was- if it was just six. Oh no, it was a sixty minute draw, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a, um, yeah. It was a yeah. regular title match. Yeah. I am. Um, I I have to say that the first 30 minutes, I we weren't that into it. And then the second half is like when I needed to be permanently stood up. And then uh, when it got to the sudden death, I was sweating. I was literally sweating. But it was so tense <laughs> and stressful at that time. Like they they really brought me into it um by the like by that point. Like I kind of feel like it it didn't need as much time as, as it it didn't need the 60 minute stipulation um but uh i i thought it really like delivered um and as someone who uh i was excited to see this match but not deeply invested um i it, it you know being there was very dramatic experience to uh to have watched it all happen uh, in front of my eyes. I don't know what uh, MX. What's your what's your hot take? I love. I, I don't know if it's like a hot take. I don't actually. I don't think I have hot takes uh, uh, about this match, which is unusual for me when I'm talking about MJF. MJF yeah. Yeah. More <laughs> Brian. More. I feel. <laughs> um. No. Like. Listen. I was slagging off uh mjf i was expressing deep skepticism that he would be able to pull it off um and you know and i was wrong and i will give credit for that and i i love the finish like i just um i'm just somebody who like loves a cheeky little setup payoff yeah um and i loved like the setup of like him getting oxygen in the ring like being really like super freaking dramatic about it yeah yeah that being the instrument of his of his victory i that that whole back and forth with the belt and the ring yeah it was good 
It was really, oh, really funny. Huge, huge pop when the ring came off, you know? Yeah. Huge, massive. The building went absolutely crazy. Um, yeah. Just because that has been such like a through moment, you know, you kind of feel like the match is over at that point. Um, I don't know what so it was f- like for you in the arena, but MJF's facial expression whilst the ref was taking the ring off is fucking perfect. Oh, yeah. It was great. It was that, yeah. that match really, like, you could. Um, you could really f- feel everything in that match. Um, yeah. The desperation and and the twists. I I I, I have to give it give it full credit. Um, I did not see the spot where a drink was thrown on a child. Didn't see that happen. Didn't know it happened until everyone was upset about it. Um, I, I remember remember MJF and the gum. Oh yeah, MJF threw his gum at me last year. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of footage of me from last year at Revolution, which is very funny. Um, I I was on the other end of the row this time, which was actually great because I could stand up and like move around and like see what I needed to see. Um, But yeah, I was quite the target last year. Last year I had gum thrown at me. Um, William Regal came out next to me. Mox came down next to me. Uh, A lot of men were thrown in front of me. That was good fun. um they yeah and they they cut to me last year as well they cut they they did a close-up um there was, a little Libby cameo. there was i was the worried fan they were like look at the, the worry on the fans faces um <laughs> and it was me it was me and i didn't know i didn't have a phone and uh i forgot my phone in the car last year i was like oh no pictures of revolution for me uh and then i got back and i got like a signal to my phone and my phone was going crazy um yeah, no Libby in this year's revolution, I'm afraid. You can see the back of my head and um, my friend with that BTE sign. Um, oh, but... was that the one that was showed on BTE? Yeah, yeah, that was us. Um, oh, that was so good. Yeah, Kenny pointed at it as well. There was also people in front of us with um, like trans rights signs as well. Um, and there was, also, there was also, they also had a sign that said, if you don't like the acclaimed, you're a cop. Um, which I thought was hilarious. I love that. No, I love that. I that love was that. amazing. amazing. Um, uh, yeah, that those were the signs that Kenny pointed at when he was in the ring, um, which was which that. was really 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 nice. Um, so yeah, no Libby on this year's Revolution, everyone. I do apologize. <laughs> try harder next year. Uh, yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to try my best. Um, yeah, you know what? Thinking about this year's revolution and, and last year's revolution like last year's revolution story-wise was really really strong um and this year not that this wasn't like a really strong pay-per-view it was just very different it had a very different feeling it was very bell to bell um it it, it was a different stories yeah and it was a different like this was uh, this building was huge I, I can't remember if I'm correct but I think somebody told me like this was like their biggest pay-per-view building they had done or something um and it certainly had the big match feel like yeah. the presentation um but there was sort of I don't know the the feeling between I don't know the pacing of it was it was so fast um it was just different. It was very. It was still really good, but really different to last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did have. It did have a different feel. 
we have run out of recording time. <laughs> have we really? <laughs> quite quite literally, on. by the way. We have actually run out of recording time. Oh! So we've, got, we've got three minutes of record of recording time left, so I can do the outro. Yeah, I don't have it. I'm in a hotel room in LA. I just... <laughs> to uh, all the late listening today please check out our other podcasts on the wrestling network flight of five new japan uh the ocean cyclone show simply search wrestling wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can find me on twitter at uh, alex underscore m197 and you can find me at twitter at big sport feel and you can find me on Twitter at Libby underscore Cadman, where I forgot to tweet anything about my trip at all. So, you know, um, sometimes I tweet, sometimes I don't. Who knows? <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Please drink from the well of our content. Oh, dear. <laughs>